A class action lawsuit has been filed against Rogers by a Montreal law firm over that nationwide, well, shutdown, or some would call it meltdown, of the company's internet network. Now, if this case moves forward, they're seeking $400 in damages for every customer who lost service across the country. Joey Zucran is a lawyer with LPC Avocat, the firm behind the suit, and joins us now for more on this. Joey, good afternoon. Appreciate your time. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me on. Uh, first off, can you kind of take us back to how this whole thing got started? How did this class action suit to come about, Joey? So basically, um, the uh, as, as I'm sure you know, everyone in the country was affected um, by the Rogers outage. And after a couple of hours, we saw that this was a pretty systemic um, problem. And over the weekend, it became widespread that there was a, a serious outage. Um, and customers contacted us, and we decided to file asking for damages. The real catalyst for the damages was that Rogers, while announcing that they would credit customers, never really announced the amount, and, and we were able to dig that amount up and see that they were offering just a couple of days, I think it was one or two days of credit. So if you're looking, if you have a 40 or $50 uh, a monthly bill, you'd be looking at a few dollars at most, and we thought that was inadequate, so we're asking a bit more. Okay, I was going to ask, so that uh, lack of compensation, that perceived lack amount of compensation is really uh, fed into or played into this uh, class action suit? Because I think I was reading earlier today that the uh, average uh, Rogers customer uh, might receive somewhere in the neighborhood of $8.30. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I saw that headline. I'm not sure where they got that number from. Um, I don't, maybe it was, you know, they use, yeah, yeah, it's a couple of bucks, exactly. And we're asking whether it's $8, $2 or uh, where we're asking significantly more. Uh, there are statutory damages provided by uh, provided by law. So um, so those are you know so those are the ones we're really going for, including the punitive damages in order to ensure that this is something that doesn't happen again. Okay, can you tell us some of the ways that are cited maybe in this class action that people have been injured or affected by the Rogers outage that uh, you know if it's eight dollars, maybe a little less or a little more is just simply not enough. Yeah, so I mean, we could take the case, the example. I mean, there, well, there's so many stories that we've been hearing, and you know, we've been receiving emails over the last few days, um, learning about. But we'll take the case of the lead plaintiff, which are publicly alleged in the court filings. So, for example, uh, he was driving from, you know, one city in Montreal to another major city, um, and he usually uses Google Maps, and his Google Maps wasn't working, and the drive that normally takes him about an hour ended up taking him about an hour and a half. Uh, he was stuck in traffic, didn't have access to 911. His car or what, you know, broke down or you know, something more serious happened, uh, he wouldn't be able to call the, the authorities. Um, he had a debit card at lunch. He couldn't use his debit card to purchase lunch. So these are small, you know, these are, you know, small troubles and inconveniences that we're hearing about, um, but these are, that cost people money, right? Because if you, you know, if you had to spend half an hour more on the road, well, that's, you know, more gas. And if you, uh, drove all the way to Costco, for example, to get your groceries for the weekend, uh, and the ATM machine didn't, or the debit card didn't work, then, uh, you know, you'd have to go back. So, so and then you have the more serious cases of people that had to go to the hospital. Uh, you know, I've heard somebody told me today that somebody passed away. That's obviously one of the more extreme cases for not being able to have access to medical services. So there's all sorts of, you know, vary, various ranging of uh, situations that go from minor to extremely serious. And and we want to hold the purpose of this case, you know, for my clients at least, is number one, to be properly compensated, but also to hold uh, Rogers accountable so that this doesn't happen again.
Yeah, and to that uh, point, uh, the submitted uh, file uh, indicates, I understand, uh, that uh, you want Rogers held, uh, held accountable sorry, for negligence. Is there proof here that uh, they were negligent? Well, uh, is there proof? First of all, a, a couple of things. With respect to the claim that they were doing false advocacy, there's two claims. One is that they uh, negligently performed the update, and I think we have the goods to demonstrate that at this stage. Remember, we're at the authorization stage of a class action where the burden of proof is less uh, stringent than the merits. And you, the way you get proof for the merits is either by people internally coming and telling us or uh, go through discovery. But we sh- what we have for now are emails that were sent by uh, Rogers employees to the stores after the incident occurred, uh, telling them to remove any signage and any marketing that contains the claim uh, re- re- most reliable network. So, uh, number one, uh, we believe that there there was an intent and a, you know, a certain amount of negligence on their part. But more importantly, with respect to the update, uh, there, you know, we've, prior to filing, we consulted with IT experts, and we learned certain terminologies, for example, like staging uh, prior to performing such a system-wide network, which means testing it in a safe environment. The other thing they could have done is prepare a rollback uh, system, which is exactly what it sounds like. If something goes wrong, you can roll back to the point you were at earlier and restore everyone quickly. The latest uh, interview I heard that was given by uh, Mr. Satieri, the CEO of Rogers, was, was he, you know, he looked like he was reading from a script and he called it a coding error. Um, so, you know, these are, the question is, you know, is this something that could happen to anyone or is this something where, for example, Rogers didn't follow um, the protocols and system policy, company policies they had in place for updates, and I would think it's the latter, and that's what you know going to court will allow us to find to confirm, find out, and confirm. Yeah, is that what this uh, case? Do you believe as a uh, lawyer is this what it's going to hinge on, and whether or not uh, anyone receives the damages? Again, you're seeking four hundred dollars in damages for every customer who lost service. Will this case hinge on whether or not uh, you can prove Rogers was uh, negligent? That uh, we can prove that. Or that uh, this was just a you know a, a mistake that uh, you know had some pretty catastrophic consequences. Yes. So the four hundred dollars is broken down two hundred for the false representation claim and two hundred for the outage claim. Um, you know, of course, the, the on the portion of the outage claim, you know, it'll be very important. If you know, if Rogers is going to what they're going to try to show is that we rely, you know, we acted like a reasonable um, telecom provider would in the circumstances and had all the normal and industry norms in place at the time we performed that update. It was supposed to last a few minutes, and for reasons beyond anyone's control, you know, it ended up lasting 24 hours. I think that's going to be very hard for them to argue. This has never happened with Bell. This has never happened with TELUS or, or anyone else uh, you know, that I've heard of, at least um, in my lifetime. So, so yes, it'll, this will definitely be an important, uh, you know, a key to the, to the damages element of the case and, and, and certainly the punitive damages portion. Yeah, Joey, uh, part of the class action suit, is there small business who might have been affected by this because Interact was not operating in a loss of sales, or would that be covered uh, under a, a different suit, a different lawsuit? So I understand that there's some other, there was a suit filed in Quebec that includes businesses. The one that we filed does not. I don't want to get into the details as to why ours doesn't. Um, there's different contracts for business com- for businesses and for consumers. So we availed ourselves of the consumer contract, which, which automatically uh, is covered by Quebec consumer law, uh, which is which is favorable. And for example, without okay. getting into the details, there were different legal issues that we couldn't. So businesses are not included in our case. 
This finally, uh, this lawsuit now waits authorization before it uh, can move forward. It's got to be uh, authorized. Is that the next step in the process? Exactly. So it was just filed yesterday, and then the judge will listen to the case within the next few months or maybe within a year and decide whether it's authorized. Um, people do not have to sign up. They would automatically be included uh, if they meet the definition of the group to be authorized by the court. All right. Uh, needless to say, this is uh, getting a lot of attention, a lot of headlines, and we will be uh, watching it with uh, interest as it moves forward. Joey, appreciate the time with us this afternoon, and thanks so much for breaking it down. Likewise. Thank you. There goes lawyer Joey Zucran. He's a lawyer with LPC Avocat out of Quebec, the firm behind this a class action lawsuit filed yesterday against Rogers. And we're back after break. You're in the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.